What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 46th draft <laughs> of over the, the Untitled Movies podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside my BFCA buddy, Eric Marchin. Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm good. How about you, buddy? Uh, you know, we're both, I think I have a cold. Yeah, I think we're both getting over a cold. Yeah. I had it all weekend. I had a sty last week. That was fun. Yeah. No longer uh, a sty guy, though. No, just a normal guy with a little bit of a... Well, at least we got the raspy voice going on today, both of us. I know. Bit. So, yeah. um, we haven't recorded in a little while. How are you doing? I'm good. Other I'm good. I had sick. a weird weekend. Yeah. Uh, so, it started on Friday. Um, I ended up helping uh, move my uh, brother to Bowmanville. Uh, him and his wife, Mandy, uh, moved. Um, I wasn't supposed to help move, uh, right. but everybody bailed. Was and this like the last time I saw you help move? It, no, <laughs> I was actually time? doing okay. something this time because yeah. there was only about like five people. Okay. Um, it went pretty well, but it, it was kind of like the start of like a kind of odd weekend. And like, so the next day I don't work out or do anything exertion wise. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, pull a muscle when I write. Right. Um, so I was feeling it uh, on the Saturday, um, but I had to go uh, and mail a package on Saturday afternoon. And I went to the uh, Canada Post in a shopper's drug mart. Okay. Uh, that's a Canadian store for international viewers. Um, and the woman who is uh, on uh, on duty or... or sort of in charge of that area was like really sick like she was like coughing and hacking and the cashier yeah and she was like it's a good thing i have a bucket here just in case i vomit that's disgusting <laughs> you know, she's like handling like people's like, yeah. goods and yeah. money and, and uh, she, then she goes into this whole thing about like you know if i were a man like nobody would be judging me because i could hack and cough as much as i want and right and, and i was like I guess that's a fair point, um, but I was thinking, oh but my god, like, I'm gonna get yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't and get you everyone sick. Si else sick. And I was thinking, like maybe that's where I got it from. But I w I'm not as bad as she was. Um, right. But I was also thinking it was like a weird shoppers drug mart ploy to, right, buy, to, to buy hand drugs. sanitizer and yeah. drugs, which I did. Okay, uh, okay. from shoppers drug mart. Yeah. Okay. Just good. in case. Yeah. You know. And then they really go all out with their marketing. Yeah. Really. And so that evening, I had uh, uh, my uh, cousin and his girlfriend are expecting in, at the end of October, so they had like a family baby shower in South Whitby. And uh, I hadn't seen Kyle for uh, a few days, uh, and he showed up to the party with short hair. Oh my God, he cut his hair! And I haven't it seen was him one yet. of the most disturbing things was I've it? ever seen. No, he looks fine. No. <laughs> it was just weird for a second where well, you're like, "Your brother's had long hair for oh my God, years now." Yeah, I, I remember that him golden with, mane. Yeah, I remember him with short hair. He cut um, it, and now he just looks. It yeah. looks weird. I don't know. It was just, it was jarring for a second. It must have been right after because he came to hang out uh, last Friday or we had some beers and played. Yeah. And he had long hair and then. stuff like He still had long hair. Yeah. So I made a joke um, that he's going to donate it to science. Did he or no? No, not to science. I think oh, he tried he to donate it. it. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Um, and then also uh, my uncle, who I don't see as often anymore. Um, uh, was there as well and uh, he's one of those guys that has I, I think I've mentioned him maybe once or twice on the show where when I was younger he would show me all these like movies I probably shouldn't watch right like Blue Velvet 
the sure. fly, that kind of thing. Yeah. But he's now become kind of like your classic old white man kind of guy. And like as soon as he gets two beers in him, he just goes off on everything that's bothering him politically because we have a federal election coming up. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's saying like everything is gay and why is everything gay and Trudeau's a black baby. And I'm just like – Oh my god! I everyone has. I don't an know uncle if you're like serious that, yeah. or if you're not, and or both, and like right. <sighs> I can't. That's why I don't yeah. do. That's why I don't go to family. So my mom saw that I was like struggling, and yeah. she's like, "Eric, do you mind driving? Struggling uh, like with your cold or just with everything? Oh, just with with, <laughs> with everything. Yeah, like sure. I didn't know how to like. I do that sometimes. I'll just get up and walk out of the room. Or I'll see, just, I'm like, I'm very polite, and I can't, no fuck and I that. I don't care. Do, just because you're related to me, yeah. I do not give a shit. So my um, mom pulled me out, thankfully, and was like, "Uh, we need you need to take your younger cousin home. He wants to go home now." And right. I was like. Yes. The old excuse yeah. thing. So instead of getting out of a date, it's getting out of a family thing. Yeah. Know how I get out of family things? I go, I'm not going to that. Right. <laughs> so. No, I wanted to go because I mean, I know, I, I'm kidding. I, my my cousin Graham's great yeah. and, and what have you. And uh, sure. I love the pulled I pork. Who's great? Oh, pulled pork. It's nice. fantastic. Nice. It's I did spicy. not go to any family engagements. Um, I did go to Red Lobster with Nevis I've never and been. Uh, my parents. My dad loves Red Lobster. It was his birthday. And right Harry after, Potter. Right after Tiff. We must have recorded after that, though, because I feel like that was like the yeah, day after done, Tiff. Yeah, we've done uh, episode or draft 45, yeah, I f- right? I forget when the hell that was, but I haven't really been up to much because I had that like eye issue last week. and um, Sty guy. I just stayed in. I didn't even watch that much looking at my uh, watch list, but uh, I just kind of relaxed and took it easy over the weekend. Um Nevis and I went and walked through Kensington Market, went to Egg Bay. Egg Bay, very good in Toronto if anyone wants to go. Expensive breakfast sandwiches, but... Do they specialize in eggs? They sure do. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> they're quite good. And we tater tots. That. Tater tots were dope. Uh, but other than that, tater I haven't bay? really been up to much. But um, uh, I guess we should start the show. <laughs> Uh, if you guys didn't know, this is the Untitled Movie Podcast. Each week, Eric and I get together, uh, shoot the shit about our lives, as you guys can tell with the opening 10 minutes of nonsense. Uh, we also talk about movies and entertainment sometimes. We go through trailers. We talk about news. There's a metric shit ton of news today that mm-hmm. we missed over the last week. So we got a lot to talk about. No TIFF talk for the first time in... Uh, God, it seems like two months. We have we won't be talking about anything TIFF related. Well, even longer than that. Like I mean, I think July was yeah. when we started talking about like, like the, the first weekly wave updates. Yeah. Of so special um, I mean, I guess technically we mentioned it right now, so we did. But um, well, good going, Matt. Have you been watching anything this week? Uh, or not just going to baby a showers? Lot. Uh, well, just mostly baby showers. Um, I saw Monos a couple of weeks ago, right? Which uh, I still need to continuing see. Continuing my neon stand. Uh, you liked it uh, a lot, right? I did, yes, yeah. and it's playing at the Lightbox right now. I won't go into full details. You can see my re- or yeah, watch my review on uh, RogersTV.com/slash/CinemaScene, but it is very much uh, um, a kind of modern take on Lord of the Flies, okay. directed by a uh, Colombian filmmaker Alejandro uh, Landis, and it's actually the Oscar submission for Colombia. Cool, um, really, really well done. Extremely. Uh, harrowing at times and also just beautifully shot and the sound design is incredible and if you see it on a big screen i think it'll be a a rewarding experience overall 
Nice. Yeah. Is that it? Um, I've been watching, I've been rewatching uh, Stephen King's The Stand because it's been newly uh, released on Blu ray. Right. Um, still very frustrated with it as I was when I initially watched it, but there's yeah. something about it, I guess, nostalgia wise, that I kind of enjoy about it. I'm an hour or two of six. Um, going through it and it's after it's funny because i started watching it right around the time as i was getting sick right and it was and like then, <laughs> oh the beginning of, is about a, yeah. a, a super flu right yeah, that wipes yeah. out half of humanity so i was thinking oh my god do i have this this new super flu that's yeah. gonna i'm wipe replaying out the last of us right now so i thought the yeah. same thing. yeah and then also just with the the casting uh and announcements with uh the new version of the stand yeah i believe uh nate wolf was just cast and oh, yeah. uh greg kinnear oh cool. so yeah and who uh, someone just got cast alexander skarsgård is playing uh, uh randall flag okay cool yeah. yeah i don't know if we talked about that last week i think we not. mentioned it briefly so randall flag is kind of yeah. like next to pennywise like stephen king's most notable batty. uh baddie he's a demon who starts off as a crow and kind of watches humanity wipe itself out and then takes Played all the Matthew sinners. McConaughey in Dark Tower. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I, a I version mean, of that character. Yeah, they call him it? the man in black, but I mean, like the version in this, they never, I, I, maybe that was going to be in a sequel where they reveal that he is a Randall Flagg and in, in the Oh, so that dark, isn't in the books or anything. I thought it was. Well, like not that, not that not in the stand because the right. stand was written back in nineteen seventy eight yeah. or nine. Yeah, um, but in in the Dark Tower books, maybe because I know the Man in Black is working for uh, King uh, the Crimson King. Yeah, who I believe calls him Randall Flag or something along down the line, and it's kind of like a big reveal. Spoiler alert! Sorry, <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, it just never came to never came right. to be. So fair. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that uh, reboot, but um, we'll see what. happens I hope it'll there. be better. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, I've been going through uh, Bong Joon Ho's filmography um, with Nevis. Uh, we watched uh, Snowpiercer, um, and we watched The Host uh, this last week. Sorry, as I play footsies with you, Ooh. we're sitting on the couch. We didn't set yeah. up our normal microphones today. We're doing because we don't care. We're doing the old Tiff, uh, the Tiff setup. Um, we're a couple sick boys. Yeah, uh, loved both. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen Snowpiercer before, but um, I this is your a, first time seeing The Host. Though, yes, right? I've only seen out of his filmography Snowpiercer, Okja, and now Parasite. So his most recent three films. Right. Um, right. Those are his most recent three. Yes. yes. Um, and I hadn't seen anything else, so I'm kind of, the host was kind of like his first kind of international success, like in terms of crossing genres. Yeah. I remember when that came out and yeah. it did play in like multiplexes here and stuff. Yeah. Which, I mean, not to sound like, like an asshole, but foreign film doesn't like in Oshawa doesn't play that often right. in yeah, so it's kind of a, things uh, like that. an anomaly, right? Like it yeah. means it's either like yeah, it can kind of, it's a breakout kind of sensation, which the host yeah, like I if you if being. it makes it to Durham region, you know it's yeah, like a exactly. hit, right? <laughs> Especially <laughs> Oshawa Cineplex. So um, I remember when the host came out, and I I knew a lot about it, but I just had never watched it. Uh, I thought it was excellent. I think yeah. it's a great monster movie. Um, it's a, it it very much plays in kind of the shifting tones yeah, as well, exactly. And, uh, uh, Song Kang Ho uh, yeah. is is in it as well as as uh, the patriarch in that and like it's so weird where like there's scenes where like the family is grieving over 
their their daughter having been abducted by this creature, but it's also kind of funny at the yeah, same time. Yeah, because everyone's watching them and news cameras are coming yeah. and things like that. And how ridiculous yeah, it is. Yeah, he's so good at like balancing different genres and tones and I mean, and, and having similar themes throughout all of his movies, but they all feel like they're saying something different and, and are very different. And uh, uh, I mean, Snowpiercer is, is fucking awesome. And um, Yeah, I mean, the host in Snowpiercer specifically, I mean, it, it's like looking at how you know, we treat the world that we live in and how it's kind of all gone to hell. And it still has that and class. The, yeah, and the ecosystem kinda, yeah. as well and, and things like that. And um, when you get to Memories of Murder, like that's, that's yeah. an amazing movie. And again, like it's, I think that might be next on our watch list. Yeah, and yeah. it's one of those movies that like as soon as you – I, I still love Zodiac. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like Fincher owes Bong Joon-ho a little bit of a, okay. a debt uh, because of that film, he kind of laid out uh, the format of this kind of procedural that Fincher kind of follows in Zodiac, and it has a very actually the uh, Memories of Murder was just in the news recently because apparently they caught, they caught the, the guy the that killer it's based yeah. on right yeah yeah. Um, yeah so I think that's next on our watch list, and then probably and Mother, Mother as well, yeah, yeah Mother will be the other one. Mother, I, think. Uh, I don't know if we'll get around to all of them, but I, I hope we will. Yeah, um, he's. It's a great film. Quickly maker. becoming one of my favorites. Yeah, like, I mean, I got on that bandwagon late. <laughs> yeah, I you remember, hit that bong late. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> it was late to hitting that bong. Um, but I remember watching Snowpiercer uh, five, six years ago, 2013. Yeah. Has it been that um, long? Yeah, because I remember Jeez. both of us, like, it never got a release here, right? And, no, um, it did. It played oh, at it TIFF. Did. Not the festival, did no, it? no, no, you said the light oh, box. Oh, really? Damn. So it was one of those day and date films when, yeah, um, because it was I just the Weinstein it, I Company. Oh, right, Radius. I saw, yeah, 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 because like with It Follows, and they had a couple other ones. I saw that at the light box. Oh, damn, that would have yeah. been great. Yeah, well, just I, that I saw whole Oakja at the light, yeah. Box, I mean, so. just that whole sequence when they're going under the tunnel, yes, and in the amazing. dark oh. again, just the shifting tones in that movie, and just how it's so fucking good again uh song king uh, yeah yeah his muse man uh i also watched uh deathly hallows part two i don't think i talked about that last week no Uh, we just kind of briefly mentioned how it's very much like star wars yeah i mean the whole harry potter story is and how your dad loves star wars yeah my it is very weird that my dad loves harry potter and planet of the apes he doesn't yeah because those are the two anomalies because he usually is like doesn't watch any fantasy or sci-fi or anything like that. Like if he's it's more not of a be- real world, yeah, kind if it's of guy, not believable right? to him. But then, like James Bond, he still likes too. But like that's, I guess, maybe more action, more action, right? and less like intrigue. Like he doesn't like aliens and shit like that usually. So it's it's interesting that he latched onto Harry Potter and um, uh, Deadly Hallows Part One um, is a lot of build up and. Uh, I mean, again, it, it's interesting if you judge them as separate films or as one film. Um, uh, the first half, I don't think, is nearly as good as the second half, but I think the second half payoff is excellent. And um, Well, with I think people like Snape, right, and stuff like that. I think that. it's the- great fan service, but like also from 10 years of storytelling or however many years it took them to kind of tell all those movies, um, I thought they handled it all really, really well. I mean, Except one thing. The epilogue. Oh, the epilogue is awful. And I think that leaves such a bad taste in your mouth, right? Like, I think Deathly Hallows Part 2 is one of the best Harry Potter movies just because of, I don't know, every payoff I think is worthy. And again, I didn't read any of the books. It's nicely shot. It's it's well directed. Yeah, I don't have anything to compare to or complain about. Like, oh, they left this out from the books or this was done better or anything like that. But if I'm judging 
specifically just the films. Like I thought Deathly Hallows Part Two is excellent. And the Voldemort fetus, right? Yeah, that is in because I thought you were referencing last week. We did talk about this yeah. briefly. It is in Part Two because when Harry uh, spoilers dies and goes up to that weird like heaven train station uh, uh, heaven is a train station uh, there's that Voldemort <laughs> fetus and they're just kind of like it's, it's something out of a David Cronenberg yeah, movie like when funny. I remember seeing it in the theater it was like it's like is David Yates a fan of the brood like it, it was looks, very weird it's um, gross it is very gross looking I mean they have that similar like fetus thing in like a couple other movies yeah. where he's like baby v but it's like um, weird like he's underneath like a bench yeah, or something like, like he's that. just there and he's just kind of like oh what's that and he's like uh <laughs> <laughs> ignore that i'm sure it's just the part of voldemort that lives in harry or whatever but like it, it's still just creepy and that also up. sounds weird too. yeah, yeah it is the, uh, but those movies are, a little are bit of great. voldemort and, uh, lives in you again i i really want them to flesh out that world more and i think there's so much you can do like the fetus like, like shut up like um <laughs> I really think the first Fantastic Beast movie did an okay job at kind of building up that world. It was kind of fun because um, it, it it kind of built around, you know, the Eddie Redmayne character and kind of made him more of a supporting role. Yeah. And it also just kind of really, like, I think the actual designs of the creatures were, were interesting. And I think we mentioned this when we talked about it initially as well, is that it kind of reminded me a little bit of pokemon right where like yeah. you're you're creating this world and you're introducing all these interesting creature designs but then the second one just got so bogged down in plot and the mythology and sort of connecting everything and then the ickiness of johnny depp being front and center as well and yeah the second one's a nightmare but at least in the first one i can get behind like seeing how the wizarding world works in america and like kind of fleshing out that world and i liked that idea that each movie would take place like kind of in a different city in a different country but it's stuck too close yeah. to the potter universe yeah. in in the second one when I you mean, start incorporating dumbledore and, and hogwarts and and I mean, with the twist at the end and then really tying it into the Harry Potter world um, specifically, it's that problem we have with the Star Wars movies, too, is like you got to get away from the Skywalkers, right? Like, you yeah, there's away. a whole universe and, to explore. And don't get me wrong. Do I want to see Cursed Child in like a, a, a movie form? Yeah, but that you should have just like let Harry po sit on Harry Potter for 20 years or whatever or 15 years, however long you need to, and then come back with that or have something that doesn't connect with them at all. Right, right. Like I guess Grindelwald is referenced, and it's the same actor playing him in Deathly Hallows as it is in the, as a young Grindelwald. Um, but I don't think you even needed to tell that story. You could have gone something completely different. Like you could have just like done a different wizarding school in a different country and kind of done a different story that right. way too. Or I don't know. Like even a series would have been cool that just takes place at a Hogwarts style school, right? Yeah, like, and it could have expanded more in in a you know. A, eight part episode series yeah and i mean i i guess i am just grateful that they didn't decide to do the cursed child right away because then you just have those characters in those horrible makeup, makeup yeah. and fat suits yeah. like for ron like yeah he's the only one like everyone else looks like pretty much what they like look like just with like just some gray hair <laughs> they yeah. just gave ron a gut they're like you were useless in all these movies anyway let's just make you this fucking you know, dad bod kind of schmuck, and um, we're not shaming the dad bod or, no, or any body I type. Mean, it's just I, like he looks I, ridiculous. I have that body, but yeah. like not maybe to the extent that they make Ron's gut stick out. But um, God, the Weasley gene. Yeah, God. Um, and then I also watched. What else did I watch? I had it down here. Sorry, logging on to my computer, which turned off. 
Uh, I also, wa oh, I watched, I rewatched Spider-Man Far From Home. So I picked it up on 4K. Uh, it looks fantastic. Uh, sounds really great in Dolby Atmos. That Mysterio scene, um, I don't want to give too much away in this if people still haven't seen it. Um, I doubt, I, I'm pretty sure you have if you're listening to this, but um, that Mysterio sequence halfway through the film or three quarters of the way through the film is is great and looks really good. On yeah, it's one of the too. best action sequences I think that the Marvel Studio canon yeah. has kind of produced so far. And we'll have some more news on Spider-Man coming up. Yes, yes. So I don't have much else to say. You guys can listen to our review. I think we did even a big spoiler-filled review, did we, for Spider-Man? Yes. Yes, so yeah. you guys can check that out as well, which I think was on this channel. But if not, um, oh, I also didn't mention, yeah, um, that speaking of that, you can go check out that review on Untitled Movie Reviews. We don't have a lot up there right now. We gave you guys so much during TIFF that you guys can still catch up. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're if you curious, if you haven't listened to our Joker review, that's the big release this week week you can yeah. go back it's it's the old like in terms of our um our package reviews it's the it's the one that's separated from the other ones. so it's easy for you guys to check out because joker does release this week so you guys can go listen to that right now it's on untitled movie reviews uh which is a separate feed and that's a feed where we kind of do shorter more professional style reviews um so yeah go check out our joker review and i'll probably be breaking out uh, some of the TIFF reviews that we've done. So if you guys have listened to those um, already, sorry, those will be repeats for you, but I want to break them out for people who either just want to listen to that one review or for people who haven't. And we still have Ad Astra as well, mm -hmm. and I'm sure we'll you know get back to recording once we see something that uh, we didn't see at TIFF. Yeah, so. yeah, which will hopefully be soon. Yeah. But, uh, I'm going to try and see Monos and... I do want to see First Love yes. uh, in the next the week Mickey, or so, yeah. so hopefully maybe we'll do a review of that. Um, this weekend's just going to be incredibly busy, so we, our episode might be a little bit late next week. That's fine. I mean, well. I think because we're, we're later this week, it'll give us more time to also build up more news for the following week, yeah, right? Exactly. Which I'm sure like as soon as we're finished recording this one, something, something will, come will out. pop up. Because we have so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, so and also, it, our luck is just bad with this kind of right, stuff. Like, every, remember the Dune thing? Like, as yeah. soon as we finish recording, it's like Javier Bardem is in Dune. It's like, yeah, what? Great. I'm sure something like that will happen. But um, usually at the beginning of the week's not so bad. It's like when we used to record on Fridays and stuff yeah. too. It was like someone would drop something at the very end of the week or something like that. But that but, normally happens yeah. as well, right? Uh, all right, for staying at home, Eric, do you have some physical stuff you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we already mentioned uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home is being released on uh, 4K this week, so I'm excited to pick up a copy of that. Um, you have uh, a few Warner Brothers and New Line uh, titles being released on 4K from uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth uh, to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining and uh, 80s classic Gremlins all being released on 4K uh, for the first time on physical media. Um, and then also uh, just around the – just. Uh, for right around the corner um, Frozen has been released on 4K uh, uh, because Frozen 2 will be uh, released in theaters this November so yeah Frozen is now on 4K as well nice I do want to I 
I would like to rewatch that before. We're going to talk about the Frozen 2 trailer in a little bit. Yeah, and um, also, I mean, you, we should jump from one Disney movie to another because uh, you uh, were given a copy of uh, Toy Story 4 on 4K yes, with which... uh, bilingual <laughs> packaging. Yes, Eric will always Oh, God, I almost it. puked when you showed, when yeah, I looked at it. I mean, it. okay, we can get into this. Yeah, let's review. Don't Toy- put it in my direction, let's, please. Uh, let's talk about Toy Story 4 on 4K. Uh, this is a great movie. I think it's one of the best movies of the year. Uh, For our full Um, review of the film, you can go back to movie, uh, untitled movie reviews. Um, but I thought this was a good package. I mean, there was, um, some solid, uh, special features. Um, I thought, I mean, this movie looks incredible. I mean, any Pixar movie and recent Pixar, especially, uh, if you go back to like the Coco release and anything that they've done on 4k since looks fantastic. And this is exactly the, uh, that. And, um, yeah, I guess the biggest issue is this Histoire to Jouet <laughs> four. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are, it's always interesting when we're reviewing, I, I think I say this every single time, but like, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of like, Oh, comparing like, you know, like, um, this, compression or anything like that on right. these things. I'm like, it. it's a Disney Pixar movie on 4K. It looks fucking incredible. And, and the animation awesome. usually for these always looks great. Like, I um, I didn't watch them, but I popped them in as, like, a demo uh, yeah. disc for both Ratatouille and um, right. Inside Out, which are also available on 4K now. Um, and they also look great. Like, they also, like, they, they lend themselves to um, to the transfer. I think, yeah, animated movies especially, I think, in 4K. And I, I loved that Toy Story 4 was shot, or not shot, was developed or created in CinemaScope as well. They went with, like, a wide-angle lens. Um, lens, I mean, wide-angle. <laughs> what am I trying to say? <laughs> they didn't use actual cameras. But anyways, they shot it and shot it or created it into uh, 39 wide. And, um, yeah, the colors in, in HDR just look amazing and... Uh, uh, what I really love, like that first sequence in the rain with RC and stuff like that looks incredible. And yeah. I just, you can't even, it's almost getting almost, I think we talked about this when we, when we reviewed it too. too real? Of like, yeah, almost like that. Like they, like you actually f- believe that these are toys at some part, even though it is very cartoony and animated still, but it's just like the detail Pixar puts in that is almost unnecessary and just like uh, of like the fluff or the dust in the air or like the texture on these toys and things like that like they feel tangible well um, it was it, and you Monsters can really notice Inc. that was like the first time i really noticed that as a kid with, with, with sully yeah. um but then like when you know they brought in roger deacon's to do lighting checks and consult on Wally. Like it was just him sitting by a computer technician and saying, Yeah, there'd be more light there or like it'd be softer there. No, it is, it is, but it's it like it shows you how far they're willing to go to make a legitimate looking um space and actually create the the right light and 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 look for the And I'm getting to a point, man, where I think these like four K discs and stuff, especially with uh, very bright, colorful movies like Toy Story Four almost look better at home than they do on, in the theater. In a theater, just because I mean, we talk about all the time how much we complain about you know projection or just different children. issues. <laughs> children, yeah. The best bonus of it. I saw it in VIP when it came out, but the our positive review. You don't have to watch it with kids around, even though you. it's a kids movie. Yeah. 
Um, but no, they like you can just see it in how bright your TV can push out the image, and just like how colorful and and amazing this movie really looks. God, and, it's even terrible um, just on the spine, like yeah, seeing so, the the French on the yeah, spine. Yeah, I know it is really bad. <laughs> so yeah, if I I think the disc is amazing. I, I'm not big on like special features that are on here of like especially in animated movies it's a lot of just you know talking about the history of toy story and doing the you know behind the scenes voice recording and things like that is cute but right. i mean like not really necessary. and you've grown up with it so you kind of have been keeping tabs on what's yeah. been going on throughout the make like you already kind of know everything about yeah. it and like yeah some of the um goofy outtake stuff is just it's cute, it's but extra. like it's just unnecessary, yeah. really. But I mean, if you want to see this movie in an unbelievable way, what's I mean, the uh, the short that's with it? That's it. That's on it. Um, I didn't watch it. Is there? Because usually there's a short, right? But didn't they stop doing that? Like Toy Story was one of the first ones where they didn't. You saw the critics one, which they would have put. Uh, the short there I was no even, short no no there wasn't yeah because I'm like I don't think there is one on here unless I missed it but because the last um, one I, like th- that it's coming to mind was Lou the lost and found one yeah I thought remember people got mad at the frozen one yeah <laughs> and then so the frozen one ruined like, it for yeah. everyone else oh so. no no uh, um uh bow oh bow is great which yeah. was with uh, Incredibles two right but there wasn't one with Toy Story unless no. I'm wrong no and but. Lou I think was with Coco. Right, you are correct. Yeah, yeah. Lou is great, and so is Bao. Yeah, Bao is also great. Uh, yeah, biggest criticism. Uh, please get rid of the French titles. I'm begging oui. you. I'm begging you. It looks. What awful. happened? What happened, Disney? You yeah. used to be the one solid. It's. They look real bad. Um, it's just so much writing. Like, just it's so gross. Just like even do like. I guess they do it because you'd have to print out two different versions, right? To like, well, Disney can afford two different versions. Right. Come on, but it's probably not worth it in the long run. But still, mm-hmm. anyways, I'm not complaining. It's a great movie. Pick it up. Uh, I also want to suggest on digital, uh, The Shining. You mentioned The Shining is out on 4K disc. Yep, it's also available for fifteen dollars uh, on Apple. Uh, in 4k yeah uh, which is pretty great and it's Um, october 1st so yeah get spooky season baby i'm gonna try and watch a lot of horror this month you put together a nice list yeah i think maybe starting next week we'll um i'll try to get my titles i think are my my best thing i've of course they were great billy zane in the We'll choose one and we'll Insane let you guys Billy know. Zane. Yeah. I'll try and post it somewhere. We'll post it on our uh, social handles and we'll let you guys know which uh, which category we'll be doing yeah. for next week or something like that. Um, so The Shining in 4K, 15 bucks. You guys should pick that up. And Midsummer uh, on digital, uh, which is the only way you can get, get the, the director's, director's cut, cut is right. on Apple. Yeah. Um, if you purchase the movie on iTunes um, or Apple, uh, and Apple you know TV. what, guaranteed though, what they're going to do, they're going to see how the sales go for yeah. the Blu-ray, which comes out next week on October eighth. Um, but then A twenty four sometimes re-releases their titles on four K, depending on the sales. So they've re-released movies like Ex Machina, Moonlight, and The Witch on four K. Yeah. So if Midsummer does well, they'll release. Uh, it on 4K, and I'm sure they will release the director's cut on that on version. that one. But until then, it is yeah, in 4K on iTunes. Yeah, so, the only yeah. way to watch it is digitally. In, the director's cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 15 bucks is pretty good for a brand new movie like Midsummer. Yeah, 
So Hi, Nevis. <laughs> so mallet time, right? We're recording as uh, Nevis has been kind enough to let Eric and I sit on the couch as she tiptoes around. A couple of bums. So. Would you like to say anything to, to all the fans of Untitled Movie Podcast? Hello, fans. I came to get my slippers. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this edition of Untitled Movie Podcast. It's Love great. you. Thank you. Um... All right, you want to talk? Our one endorsement. Our one endorsement. (laughs) Our our one and only fan. Um, Let's go into talking trailers. A lot of trailers this week, too. Uh, We don't have to kind of go over all of them in in a lot of detail um, because we also have a buttload of news. Uh, I mean, let's start with the one that dropped today, I guess, with – or a couple of them dropped today. So we have a bunch of Netflix trailers um, and we have – Actually, a lot of them are Netflix trailers. So let's start with Birds of Prey. Yes. Um, so there was a teaser that dropped in front of It Chapter 2, which was never released online. Well, there's like a bootleg version from Russia or and something. And you actually saw it um, before. Before, actually yeah. during TIFF. <laughs> yes, it was one of my TIFF films, yes. Um, it That teaser was ugly and weird and felt like it was just um, promo footage, like on a studio set or right. something like that. Um, and they tried to make it look like the movie was starting, right? But even though the DC logo comes up and um, and <laughs> it's fine. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Nevis, you don't have it to be quiet. Matter. You could, it doesn't matter. No one cares. You can do whatever you want. Um, Nevis is cooking dinner, everyone. I wonder what we're having. Uh, In our creaky, kitchen. <laughs> creaky kitchen, she has said, if you guys can't hear. Um, yeah, so they made it start like it was – the movie starting, but it was just kind of silly and weird. And like she, you thought it was uh, Pennywise, but it ended up being Harley Quinn. And then that trailer wasn't great. And then so today we got the full teaser trailer that because drops. Joker comes out on Friday. Yes, so it will be attached to Joker, obviously. Um, your thoughts? Um, it looks better than Suicide Squad. Yeah, and which it is- also still looks like a mess. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why the Edith Piaf stuff turned me off in the trailer, but it kind of did a little bit. Yeah. Bonus points for the CGI hyena. Hyena, yeah. It still kind of looks like Suicide Squad. Right. I mean, I, Matthew Libatique is shooting it, correct? Yeah. And uh, people have been sharing some of the screen grabs, and, and there are some very colorful, kind of interesting shots in that trailer. But, I mean, I'm assuming the movie will start looking a lot like Suicide Squad at I the hope beginning. it's better. It's got to no, be better. I know, it's going to be better. There's only – You can only go up, really. <laughs> like, how do you get much worse than that movie? I don't think you can. Um, I don't know. I think it could be fun. I wasn't super, super impressed with this trailer. Like, I kind of was underwhelmed. And I'm glad that Margot Robbie's having fun. And And she cares about the character. You can tell that she, like, you know, wants to be there. It's not just a contractual obligation, right? Yeah, I like seeing Ewan McGregor as Black Mask in there, although they don't show him with uh, his costume or anything. No, it'll probably be, like, in the last act where he becomes Black Mask. I don't know. It could be fun. I just wasn't won over in this trailer like, yeah I same like, i mean like I, again like I'm, I'm hoping that it'll be an entertaining uh february release and, movie, and yeah. you know i i hope it won't end up uh, as as you 
you know, uh, titled it with uh, Shazam DC back on their the bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, because I mean, with all the, I mean, there is a lot of bullshit going on right now with Joker, but um, not in the movie, but the, specifically yeah. Todd Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, <laughs> and just the conversation around the movie. Before Although it comes he out. brought up one point that I think is worth discussing <laughs> and is interesting. Okay, is he brought saying, up a lot of dumb well, shit? Yeah, too. yeah. Mo- well, all, most of it's dumb. 95%. But the one thing that I thought was interesting is that a lot of people like. Him saying that, you know, when audiences go to a movie like John Wick and John Wick blows away like a yeah. hundred people, everybody is cheering him on. But then when you have it in in a movie like Joker, Joker the, yeah. the amount of violence and uh, profanity, people are This is a bad person off. doing bad things. And I'm but not John saying John Wick's Wick's not is a bad good... he's a bad person too, but right. he's He's at least doing it to bad people, if that makes sense. Other bad people? Yeah, other bad people. So, I guess, but it's still weird that it's like it almost encourages you That's to, glorifying violence yeah. more than this movie, I think, is. But um, I don't know if I completely – like I understand maybe what he's trying to say. I just think he's kind of an idiot and yeah. doesn't know what he's – like. I feel bad for his PR person between him and Scarlett Johansson's PR people. I mean, I tweeted this today. I'm like, this movie is very good, but it's making it very hard to like. It it truly is this year's green book. In a much different way. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but but not dissimilar in the idea like you have a comedic director doing a quote unquote serious movie. And then, you know, the filmmakers and the crew destroying the enjoyment of the movie itself and then you forget why you even liked it in the first place he says one dumb thing after another and i'm like you are living up to your reputation and yeah well i mean he's a bro filmmaker yeah i mean if you go back and look at any of his movies he inserts himself in like the grossest part of each one of his movies and like yeah i i don't know it's a shame because like i do think it is an excellent movie it's just he's such a knob that it's like hard to get behind it right and the same thing kind of happened he's definitely not quote unquote whoa God, what a fucking idiot. And then and then some people made a good point going back to the John Wick thing of like even with this, it's like kind of glorifying violence in a way yeah. of like gun violence and, and, and killing and they're bad people too. I'm sure, again, it goes back to the John Wick thing of like they're bad people killing bad people probably, right? Or Where who's worse? The, the Joker stuff is more visceral and intense and, and uncomfortable, but like – I, I, again, I go back to the, like you should be able to make your movie, and like if if you're glorifying a bad person, and saying also, something. John Wick doesn't blame women, so that's why. What you're saying, Todd Phillips does, no, or just I mean, like he's comparing Todd. Todd Phillips is comparing. Thank you both for the microphones. Uh, no, Todd Phillips is kind of likening. He's saying, "What's the difference between John Wick? What's the difference between John Wick and the Joker?" Right? Like they're both they're both perpetuating violence, but like the motives are totally different. Like for him to kind of have that to try to just issue this blanket statement likening the two of them, like I I don't buy that, and I think that's just lazy on his part to try to be like, well, they did violence, so I can do violence and leave me alone. So. I totally agree with you. You're exactly correct. Don't buy it, Todd Phillips. <laughs> yeah, it, it's you've been called out, Todd Phillips. God, what a yeah! He is an unfortunate person. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and I mean, I guess it could be, like, be worse, right? Brett I'm just Ratner. gonna probably shut up about Joker just because with all the bullshit going on. Well, if you like the like, movie, and, you like the movie. I know, right? and I will. I'll champion it. I have no problem. But like, it's just like it makes it hard to be like. Yeah, well, it's the same thing with Green Book last yeah. year, where like, you know, the stuff with. 
Peter Farrelly. Farrelly yeah. and, and not uh, even talking about the issues with the movie people had, but no. like just the issues with the filmmaker, right? Yeah. With him, like, yeah, flashing his penis on his other movies and shit like that. And the that. screenwriter like, saying uh, yeah. that Muslims are yeah. horrible people, and you're just like, oh my. Yeah, like, I mean, fuck that didn't off. hurt that movie in the end. No. But, so Joker's <laughs> winning Best Picture, yeah, that's what I mean, you're I, saying. Who knows, dude? Like, <laughs> fuck me. But, like, I mean, I, I think the movie's great, and I think it will get nominated. But, anyways, back to Birds of Prey. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I I love Margot Robbie. I, I want this to be fun. I want DC to be not back on their bullshit but starting to do interesting things. And, and do their own thing and, and not have to follow, thing, yeah. like, you know, uh, connective tissue per se, yeah. right? Like Which it doesn't is what have I think to be a shared doing, universe. Right? And, I mean, we'll be talking about Batman stuff later that might be a, sh- a shared universe in itself but in a different way. But right. uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, let's go into uh, let's do the Kingsman uh, next. The King's Man, Man, uh, Man. I, dude. I'm a sucker for like even though the mo- the second movie um, has the one scene is has a really gross scene and it's not very good overall. I really love the first Kingsman movie, even though yeah, there are some problematic kind of like juvenile humor or juvenile actions in the movies, mostly because of Mark Millar and his story writing and, and things like that and things he incorporated in his comic books but um there are elements of the second one i really like and i just love the world building of this move of this franchise and i was totally into this trailer i love ray fines and i'm like i don't know i just thought I like was, that they're taking on rasputin yeah it's amazing <laughs> it's ridiculous right? how do you not use rasputin by abba <laughs> like <laughs> come on um you have to have that sorry no abba um nevis boney what? m boney m fuck Sorry, yeah. Ab, I was I had Abba on the mind because of your brother's wedding. Right, uh, Boney M. Sorry, uh, Nevis corrected me. It is Boney M. Nevis's favorite band of all time. Boney M. Daddy Cool. Um, Daddy Cool's great. Which yeah, is Paddington. Used in Paddington. Yes, great use of uh, Boney M. God, I pissed off that I got that wrong. Uh, oh, those Russians! But why you got to use that song at least? In they the probably movie, will. Hopefully, Matthew um, Vaughn probably can't help himself but i would i would use that song but they use fucking ozzy osbourne (laughs) in this trailer and i uh, guess that kind of makes sense though with black sabbath and and what have you but um i was really i i was totally sold on this and like i i think it'll be fun setting it in world war ii right yeah and Um, just the idea that it's an origin story and that you you get to bring in a fresh group of characters and it doesn't play with that technology in a different era and kind of things like that and i'm totally down with getting away from yeah the the modern take because the second movie wasn't so great and kind of doing although the second movie kind of is almost like weirdly a rocket man prequel yeah it is a (laughs) Terran and elton sean just there i um did you i know you're not a huge fan of this franchise but no did this but do anything for i mean you? i like matthew vaughn but i don't like when matthew vaughn is is adapting mark millar uh graphic novels and comic books um but i mean again like i like ray fines um i like that idea of them versing rasputin um daniel Bruhl's in there daniel with Bruhl, monocle uh <laughs> Gemma Otterton. <laughs> yeah um so i think it, it could be fun and again like if it's if it's an early release in 2020 it might be something that kind of is enjoyable to watch in that winter season that's a palate cleanser in a weird way from the award stuff isn't it later in the year is it later i think it's november oh this year no next year next year well then why are they showing the trailer now or maybe I'm wrong. It usually is a... Well, I thought it was um, February because the it's first always one... It's usually February, Well, the first right? one came out February. No, the second one came out in September. Yeah. 
I'm Googling it right now, everybody. Kingsman 3. Uh, yeah, I'm completely wrong. It's February 20th. Well, or 12th. You just Is it the same the day as Birds of Prey? Oh, maybe. Gotta check this out. Clearly, um, we do our research on this show. <laughs> <laughs> we us- you're usually in a fucking encyclopedia. Well, when, um, when it comes to movie like information, but not sure, release not dates. New release dates. Yeah, February 14th, 2020. And, and Birds of Prey is the week before, okay. February 7th. So, I mean, that's pretty good to get those two movies like, back to back. Disney's the king's man. So, summer, so the summer blockbuster now starts in February. Right. So, well, I mean, um, I think Black Panther kind of really started, started that, that and get out to a certain yeah. extent too, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm super looking forward to it. I hope it uh, kind of – I mean, I thought it was a really slick trailer. Um, Let's go into the other non-Netflix stuff. Quickly, let's touch on Uncut Gems. So a movie that we both saw. Tiff, you guys can yeah. check out our review. KG, KG. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> one of your, I mean, Nevis, it was your uh, in your top three of the festival, right? Or top two? It was number two uh, b- behind Parasite, I believe. Um, I thought that, like, it was, this trailer is so well put together that it made me rethink how much I didn't It's like A24 marketing, man. They're so good. Like, I, I... People can go listen to our review, but I was I'm in the minority. I don't think I'm in the minority, but I'm in that group of people that thought it was sort of obnoxious and, and a little too long. But um, it's also by design that yes. it is obnoxious and and very loud. Right. And, but I didn't get on board with it. Right. right? Um, but now after watching the trailer, I'm like, maybe I didn't hate it. Maybe I just didn't love it. And then I'm like, now I kind of want to watch it again. Right. And now it goes into that category with Knives Out and. Uh, what else didn't I really love that other people – Lighthouse maybe, things right. like that. Like movies that I was a little medium Dolomite. on. Uh, yeah, medium on but like I want to give another shot to in a, in the right headspace. Yeah. So Uncut Gems is one of those movies now where after this trailer, which I think is put together really, really well, doesn't give too much away, although I'm glad. I, guess I mean spoiler alert, he may have resurfaced his pool. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Uh, yeah, did you like the trailer? I yeah, did, and yeah. again, it, like I actually really liked the movie, and yeah. uh, it it did make me want to rewatch it, um, and also just go back and uh, rewatch some of the Safdie brothers' uh, other stuff. Uh, actually, Criterion, uh, the Criterion Channel, uh, has uh, Daddy Longlegs oh, really? uh, nice. uh, programmed right now, so you can go back and see one of their first movies. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I again, like I really. Um, dug it because I was kind of expecting it to be I knew very too, abrasive. Yeah. I don't know why. You know me, like um, yeah. And I think Sandler is great in the movie. Yeah. Like I don't know if you'll get an Oscar nomination because again, like you know, the you got to think like the people who are going to watch this and vote for it will probably be either in or out in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, um, which will split people. And yeah, then, it's it is a very divisive film. But again, like I I think that these guys are. So extremely talented, and like I mean, if someone like Martin Scorsese is attaching his name uh, to the movie, it's mm-hmm. it's you know worthwhile. And I also really liked uh, uh, like thinking about like his emotional moments, the idea of like breaking a guy down to you know his wits end, and and sort of him having this emotional moment near the end of the movie really worked. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, complete three sixty. Talking about Frozen two. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, Dina Menzel is oh, in. Yeah. Is in there both. You go. Yeah. Never mind. They just um, used her audio from Uncut Gems. <laughs> yeah. God, that'd be weird. Uh, I think this looks great. Um, I'm actually very, very excited for Frozen two. The first one was such a surprise to me because 
It was in that era of like Disney animated movies. We got a couple good ones with like Bolt with John Travolta and Miley <laughs> Cyrus. I, I'm telling you, Bolt is underrated. Um, it, but we hadn't had like a Disney princess musical in a very long time, I felt, or since maybe. Well, princess. a lot of people like Tangled though as well, right? Yes, with but Mandy I feel Moore. like Tangled also kind of goes under the radar. Like right. I feel people do really love Tangled, but maybe I just missed out on the Tangled train. But like. You uh, didn't get entangled with Frozen, tangled? I feel like, did such a horrible job marketing that movie um, that I thought it was going to be, like, a DreamWorks movie, right? Or, right. like, you know, those kind of generic, bullshitty, like, like what Disney got into for a while of just making, you know, normal kind of animated flicks. And they hid Let It Go for such a they long time, They hid all time, of the musical elements. Right? Like, they didn't even know it was a yeah. fucking musical until we, we sat in Lightbox and watched it after one of our uh, – that Disney winter presentation thing. Yeah. And I was blown away. I was like, oh, shit. This is a princess musical. This is awesome. I think the only thing that really kind of yeah. hurt the excitement or the anticipation of watching Frozen 2 is that Olaf short. Yeah, um, which is awful. Yeah, it is – terrible and it feels like it's and three I hours they, long like, cut a lot of olaf and the rain and th- the whole marketing for the first film though was olaf and the reindeer because those two characters sell to little kids right yeah. like you can create toys and plush animals and the, and yeah stuff they're like the that. more slapsticky yeah. characters right i get it it's more visual gags that you can do with but the characters. story between you know the bond of two sisters is more interesting overall story-wise and then going into that into the second one like i like how they're kind of expanding it and going in and building in the seasons kind of thing of finding this probably other characters with powers that represent fall or yeah kind of right and like i'm i'm totally into that and i haven't watched the video that teases one of the new songs i don't know if you watched no i haven't either i I, I just rather sing it no i don't think so i hope not but (laughs) he probably does have a song but um i just kind of want to go in blind and like not hear any of the music or anything and i uh, but i do think the trailer is gorgeous and um i like the mythology that they're building up and the color palette is very 2019 with the pinks and blues and things like that which is i'm very into like those neon right now are you going to watch the making of frozen 2 on on disney Disney plus Plus? i mean i'm sure i will i'll be a sucker for most things on disney plus you'll be like matt you won't watch this really great documentary about whatever and i'll be like no but i did watch that one about the marvel people or like (laughs) the making of frozen 2 on disney plus uh anyways any any thoughts on the frozen 2 trailer yeah, I think it's going to yeah. be fine. Like, I don't really have much to say other yeah. than I think it'll be an enjoyable holiday film that'll make all the money. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, quickly wanted to touch on – there's a cool featurette that came out for 1917. Uh, sirens are on our end. Yep. Um I thought this was great, dude. It made me way more excited for the well, movie. It also confirmed that the movie is, is yeah. a single take, uh, visceral yeah. drama about you know two uh, World War One soldiers in real time. Uh, British soldiers yeah. in real time having to deliver this message to a battalion. Yeah, it looks great, dude. Like I, I highly suggest you guys check it out. I don't think it gives too much away, but they talked to Roger Deakins and Sam Mendes about how they kind of came up with these camera rigs that they could have like a crane, then latch it onto two guys running, and then pass it off to someone else into a steady cam, and then and how and light then, you can't, yeah, you know, light things in advance because you're shooting it at an all in one take right and you like shoot in it in cloud sequence. cover so it's easier for you for continuity's sake yeah. right just to make sure that there's always clouds in the sky uh, instead of it being a sunny day and um yeah dude i i, 
I can't wait for this. Actually. So Deacon's gonna win Oscar number two. Then? It's possible. Yeah. I think he like without even seeing the movie. I think they're already campaigning with that video. Yeah. Um, well, I love how like Deacon's is like basically the star of that of featurette. Yeah. yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah, put him in the one of the top billings in the credits. So yeah. Anyways, I thought it was great. I, I, I did as well. And 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 again, like I mean, obviously the comparison will be to Nolan's Dunkirk in terms of a visceral experience but um i mean if it's well done you know like i'm i'm intrigued by it and i think that it's going to be interesting it, it kind of has a video game quality to it though a little bit as well where like it's like okay, the cinematography the two, or the concept the concept where like yeah, like, you, like the two characters yeah. get their mission and then they go on their Call mission of Duty and, yeah kind of thing yeah but no, i mean I, you could say that i guess with most you know war video games but now, i think right? specifically because it's supposed to be quote-unquote one take yeah in, in real time like and george mccain kinda, was even saying kind of something interesting that it was like theater almost like as soon as you get going and the cameras start rolling really you stop. can't yeah. stop unless you want to restart the whole thing all over again yeah um looks incredible i uh, can't wait to check it out uh before we get into our netflix roundup i want to actually briefly touch on the last of us part two which i know you probably never watched but no um Dude, I cannot. This is probably my most anticipated anything of next year, if that makes sense. Um, and for those of you who have never played The Last of Us, um, if you have a PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Plus, or I highly suggest you sign up for PlayStation Plus, the first Last of Us, and if you've never played it, is free right now if you have a PlayStation Plus membership. Uh, and I'm replaying it. And it's just like one of my favorite movies, even though it's a video game of like The Last decade and like i i just love that game so much and the second one looks incredible and in, I, I i i always go back to like i want them to make this into a movie so badly so someone like like you would actually yeah come on trey to, edward schultz and I, yeah dude i'm telling you like i after seeing waves and it comes at it comes at night specifically and he's talked about being a mm -hmm. fan of the game that i'm like man that is the guy that i want to do this like sam raimi needs to call him up and be like if you legitimately want to do this let's do it um i know they had some issues with neil Druckmann, who is actually the writer and and co-director of of the last of us part one and two um he was writing the script for the movie which i haven't thought was the rights great. lapsed back to him uh, I don't know because I think it's technically would be that new PlayStation Studios, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I know what Sam Raimi's company, Ghost House yeah. or something. Yeah, they had it. So maybe they team up with PlayStation Studios and because and, Uncharted moved from Columbia to PlayStation Studios, correct? Yeah. Um, so I could see something like that happening and who knows? Like, uh, But I think you need to be faithful and the, and the game is almost so perfect that, yeah, you need to c condense it and you're not going to have all the exploring elements. But anyways, the second one picks up five years after the original game. Ellie is now 19 years old. Um, she is in a kind of blossoming relationship with this other girl at this camp. Um, and uh, something horrible happens. You don't really know what that is. And then Ellie goes on this kind of um uh revenge kind of spree throughout the united states so you don't know much else joel shows up at the end of the trailer uh, older obviously and uh, i just got chills watching it and I, I actually cannot wait to play it and it also comes out in february right so february is a huge month so and my birthday is in february so nice. happy birthday to me 
anyways i just wanted to touch on that you guys should definitely check out that trailer it's in 4k on the playstation youtube channel if you guys want to go watch that all right let's do a big netflix roundup let's just compile these and um (laughs) Uh, just so everyone knows, uh, the company I work for, I say this all the time whenever we talk about Netflix stuff, but um, we work on the Netflix account. I don't specifically work on Netflix, but um, take that with a grain Jeez, of salt. Jeez, we get it, Matt. When I'm talking about Netflix movies. Uh, so let's talk about Six Underground. <laughs> let's talk about The Irishman. Let's talk about El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. And those ones, right? Did I, am I missing anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, let's start with Six Underground. So this is di- this is from director Michael Bay. Yeah, uh, it has everything that a Michael Bay movie would normally have: explosions, low angle shots, military, s- military, stuff. scantily clad women, all the the bits and bobs that you would normally associate with a filmmaker. A city of at... Uh, his caliber. You no, know, a city as the sun's rising yes. setting. Or also a city um, under siege. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. Um, uh, How long is this movie? Jets. I don't know. I went to IMDb to, <laughs> to find, out, find out and doesn't it say does it. not. I think it's going to probably be four hours long. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, I, I think it'll be incredibly long yeah. because... If they don't really put handcuffs on him and kind of let Michael Bay make the most Michael Bay movie, he's and ever, Netflix is that made. studio yeah. that's going to say do whatever you want, right? yeah. So it could possibly be. I, I I don't think it'll be longer than Irishman or anything. I think it would be hilarious if it was, um, but I think it could be close to three hours. Yeah, it, um, or at least the length of one of the latter Transformer movies, like which just seemed to get longer and longer yeah. as they went along. Um, yeah, I <laughs> I don't know, like I. I'm kind of excited for this. Like, I mean, I, I'm excited that I don't have to see it in a theater. I do want to see it at Lightbox. But it's though, weird because usually with Michael Bay movies in general, it's like you yeah. dread watching them because you know how long they're going to be, how obnoxious they're going to be. I mean, with like by the time we got to that last Transformers film, sure. it was like – I remember watching that in the theater and having to review it for Rogers and – I was just sitting there hoping that I would have an out-of-body experience so I could escape the theater, but I did not. I agree with you. But, like, if you go back to something like Pain and Gain, and I'll even go – I'll sort of defend uh, the Bad Boys movies. and First one's um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the second one. but um, So I'm excited to see him get away from Transformers again because I actually did really like Pain and Gain. I know well, he did is, 13 hours, which this um, kind of yeah. almost looks a little like, except it's not based on a true story. Right. And, and I didn't mind 13 hours, actually. So if you go back to like the two movies that weren't Transformers movies, yeah. like I'm kind of like, you know what? He's, st- he's like, I texted you and I'm like, this guy is such an idiot, but I'm like, I kind right. of, but you know, it. it's going to be so yeah. pro Trump and you know, rah, rah America and all this kind of crap too. I don't know about that, but uh, yeah. Well, I mean, most of his movies are very patriotic. Sure. Patriotic. I think that's different than being like, but usually conservative. Right, sure. I guess if you bring in the gun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I get what I mean, everybody saying. is shooting shooting each other um i mean it was interesting seeing like melanie laurent in there and uh yeah i mean not ryan reynolds so much i mean the voiceover sounds kind of almost like you know if uh michael bay was writing in the style of terrence malick right but it's written by brett reese and paul werner yeah who are the deadpool writers um who are also the writers on uh zombie land dead tap yes or double tap and the first one dead tap would be a better name yeah (laughs) sure anyways it looks stupid and uh i cannot wait to see it yeah i mean it looks at least like the digital actually lends itself nicely it does look nice actually 
yeah. a Netflix film. Totally. So. Um, moving on, let's talk about The Irishman. So we've got a full-length trailer to The Irishman that finally kind of showed off the de-aging we've been thinking and the de-aging of De Niro. Yeah. And I was kind of impressed with it. Like I, um, you can tell that Scorsese like took his time with this and he's a perfectionist obviously. But, um, I mean, we should say it also premiered at the uh, New York film festival. Yeah. Great reviews. Um, I can't wait to see it, but, uh, yeah, I was impressed with this trailer. I mean, um, it definitely looks like a Scorsese gangster movie, but, um, seeing De Niro playing his 20s, his 40s, his 60s, and his in his 80s is, like, kind of interesting. And I know you had, like, one issue that you'll probably talk about, but, like, overall, I was like, holy shit, this is, like, probably... I know it's a short trailer, and we're only seeing maybe a couple seconds from each thing, so I don't know in, like, an extended scene, um, especially in a three-and-a-half-hour movie. Yeah, like, the movements, um, how does yeah. he interact with other people? Will it be yeah. as noticeable as, say, something like It Chapter 2, right, where right. you could tell, especially on a few of the kids, where the de-aging effects didn't work as well. Now, I'm not saying that it's the same kind of de-aging effects that they use for The Irishman for It Chapter 2 or, right. or even Gemini Man but uh, or, or, or Captain Marvel, but you could definitely tell with some actors it was – better suited than others yeah agreed and there's one shot specifically in the trailer and one of the the stills where you can tell that the daylight might not be as forgiving uh it's a it's an image of de niro in army fatigues mm-hmm. and you can kind of tell that he is it's the youngest he's very he's supposed smooth. to be right yeah. So I think the younger you get, yeah. <laughs> it's like... And also because you have a frame of reference for how young De Niro... Like, you know what a young De Niro looks like, right. right? From Taxi Driver and all those Brian De Palma movies he made in the nineteen six late 1960s, like Hi, Mom and Greetings and stuff like that. So you know what he looks like. Where, like, I think if you were to get an actor that you didn't have that reference for maybe that would work better but because you know what he looks like it's like you're going to compare him to that right you're going to compare him to the real young de niro and how that works um but i also thought just seeing you know joe pesci and pacino and harvey keitel like all these you know classic scorsese actors in one movie is an event onto itself yeah like this is the avengers for like for scorsese for mob fans, fans yeah. and italian uh yeah. fans and filmmakers yeah yeah i can't wait for it and it will be opening at the Lightbox. yeah in november Toronto. right yeah which is super exciting so uh definitely check that out in a theater if you can uh, and then finally, I wanted to briefly touch on El Camino, which is the Breaking Bad movie. So we finally got a full length, well, like a teaser trailer still uh, for the Breaking Bad movie, which actually releases next weekend. No, the following weekend on the 11th, uh, which is the Thanksgiving weekend here in Canada. Um I know you're not a big Breaking Bad fan. Did you watch this trailer? I did. I did. Um, I mean, it doesn't look bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I will say is that it does look like it is trying to be its own self-contained story. Like, yeah. yeah, there's some stuff aesthetically that it is borrowing from the show, but it also feels like it is maybe trying to sort of, again, branch out and maybe expand on the Breaking Bad narrative and, and not necessarily be, you know, a Walter White-centric story. Uh, yeah, I... The same way that, like, Better Call Saul is, right? Right, I agree. And Better Call Saul is fantastic. I think it's one of the best 
use cases of like a prequel show um and yeah i I like how cinematic this looks like i love that they used uh, a cinemascope like wide lens to differentiate it from the show and give it some like hey this is a movie it's different right um and it looks fantastic like i think they shot it on the re alexis 65 like digital um uh and it, it, I thought it looks great. And I, uh, being a huge Breaking Bad fan and a huge Better Call Saul fan, like I cannot wait for this. Yeah, and so this is and all focused on uh, Jesse Pinkman, Jesse Pinkman, who, Aaron Paul's yeah. character. So spoilers for the end of Breaking Bad. If you guys stop listening, if you don't want to know, but like, yeah, he escapes at the very end and drives off in this El Camino. But and then the final shot of the show is you witnessing Walt most likely die, and you hear police sirens in the background. Um, but it's following him afterwards and it's a story that I didn't think we needed, but, um, if Vince Gilligan has a story that he wants to tell, I completely trust that guy. Cause I think he did a great job with the show and, um, and he's not someone who will just do it just because I think like he would only do it if he really had something he wanted to say. So. He, has to seem, he seems to have a fixation with cars and Breaking Bad actors because the first thing I remember him doing was he was a writer for the X-Files back yeah. in the in the 90s and like the the big episode that he did was the one with Brian Cranston called Drive where Cranston p- plays this anti-semitic racist and uh, ironically uh, Brian Cranston in Drive <laughs> or in yeah, well I mean Brian Cranston in Drive isn't those things I like know, he's not I know, a, I know. I'm just saying, like, um, but he, later, he takes Mulder just... hostage in, in this episode, and it's um, written almost like a you know, race against time kind of storyline, and that's almost kind of what I got in this trailer a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, I'm just disappointed that Clint Eastwood's not singing the end credit song. <laughs> My El Camino. Uh, yeah, super, super excited for that. Cannot wait. Um, all right, let's get into the news. We have uh, some gigantic stuff that actually happened in the last week or so. So, Eric, I'll leave it to you. Do you want to start with Marvel, Star Wars, Batman, or Jurassic Park? <laughs> well, let's start with Batman because, okay, cool. I mean, we've been talking about the Joker. We've been talking about Birds of Prey. Might as well continue that uh, – that dark night, if you will. Okay, cool. Um, so we got two pieces of news out of the last week. So um, two pieces of casting. Um, and, it, and it hasn't been officially right. confirmed, but, but Variety things, is reporting. It. Yeah, exactly. It's from a legit, legitimate outlet. Um, it's not just a rumor or anything like that. And usually when these outlets report on this stuff, it's like pretty close to being done. Although something could happen. And but the Jonah Hill one, I think, would be interesting to, see how to talk about because – in the press release, it seems like Jeffrey Wright is closer to officially being cast as Commissioner Gordon. Okay, well, let's tell people the news first before we talk yeah, about Well, it. he just basically did. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright uh, looks like he's been cast to play Commissioner Gordon, and Jonah Hill looks like he's been cast to either play the Riddler or the Penguin. Yes. Um, but they haven't decided who he's going to play. Um, seems like he wants to play the Riddler right. more. Although, um, I, I okay, so I'm going to... Uh, this is what I found really interesting because it seems like a back and forth thing. Like he wants to play the Riddler, but he's still undecided, which makes me think that maybe the Penguin is the main villain of this. Right. So maybe that's partly the reason why he wants to do it. But then at the same time, he doesn't want to be cast in a role that is just 
typecasting or, or right. body shaming, you know, that kind yeah, of thing totally. that'll come up. And, and so I can understand him wanting to do his take on the Riddler and the Riddler hasn't really, I mean, as much as I do like Jim Carrey, right. Frank Gorshin's the only guy that really kind of defined the Riddler. So the Riddler, there's more room to really kind of create his own version of it, where I think Danny DeVito has basically created the An seminal version. version of the Penguin. Right. And I think you could take a more realistic kind of obviously approach to either of those characters. But yeah, I, I would be more interested to see him playing the Riddler. But, but I think the Penguin, like from everything we've, we've read, read so yeah. far, looks like he is the main villain. And maybe that's why Hill is still on the fence because like he want, it also said in, in that article that he wants what, like $10 million yeah, for the Yeah, which is double what Robert Pattinson made. Yeah. So, and I, I'm maybe they're hesitant if the Riddler is only like a... He's playing some serious money ball. Like say the Riddler is a secondary villain in the movie or even just a cameo to set him up for future movies or something like that like i'd be curious to see because i could see what you're saying is like if you're undecided is like do i want to be the main villain in this movie or do i want to set something up where i might yeah you know down the line become the main villain or maybe not but and how uh, meaty is the role like what like how much fun is it to play like can he put a spin on it that nobody else has done before yeah with either character right right um, but this gets me excited because I am uh, like again, Batman is probably my favorite comic book character, and it's so disheartening of <laughs> with the Zack Snyder version of Batman hasn't been so great. Right, but this is this um, is something to look forward. That's to what I mean. Like and... I really do like um, uh, uh, Matt Reeves a lot, and uh, I think his Planet of the Apes movies are so underrated and they're fantastic so i can't wait to see what he does in like and if he takes that hard nose kind of detective approach to these and you can see that dc is not afraid to kind of making these movies darker or even close or r-rated or something like that too where uh, i'd be really curious to see where they kind of take this character and i love this casting so far because like i love jeffrey wright and i I mean i love jonah hill i feel bad for jeffrey wright though because they also mentioned that uh, Matt Reeves originally wanted Mahershala Ali, but and as soon as Blade, Blade came yeah. up, it's like he's gone. So you're kind of now thinking like, oh, well, Jeffrey Wright is, is second fiddle. And then it's also strange because even though Mahershala Ali left to do Blade with Marvel, Wright is the voice of the Watcher in the What If uh, Marvel series. Yeah, he probably could have done both, but I'm assuming they're – depending on well, – he we is. Don't... Well, are we talking Sorry, about Mahershala Ali? Mahershala, okay. yeah. Um, but maybe he didn't want to play two major comic book characters like that. Also having a role in Luke Cage a right. couple of years ago too, right? So um, would love to see what Jonah Hill would do with the, the Riddler. Um, but I'd love to see him as either villain. I think that would be really cool. be great if he was Robin. Uh, yeah. He already played, what, Green Lantern in the Lego? In the Lego movies, yeah. yeah. Channing Tatum is yeah. a Robin. Yeah, it would be great. Um, I would love to see Channing Tatum show up. Uh, cool. Anything else to say on that? Well, I, I think I mean, I was reading in Forbes. It was like a duh kind of article, but it was like expect more casting soon, and it's like yeah, of course. Well, yeah, there's rumors that Catwoman, yeah, um, Firefly, Two Face, and probably a few more. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know how. Like, I'm assuming a lot of them will just be like setting them up for future movies and just trusting him because it looks like he said he wants to do a trilogy. Yeah, correct? and if it's a detective story, it'll be like him, Batman going from one character to another, getting some information. Them, yeah, some of them might already be in Arkham. Yeah, you know, Calendar Man just chilling <laughs> and uh, played by Christoph Waltz. <laughs> hopefully, 
Who is the more useless villain, Calendar Man or the Condiment King? Condiment King. Calendar Man at least, like, has a theme where he, like, kills people on holidays, I think. I don't even know what Calendar Man does. Yeah, but but, Condiment King puts a little mustard on it. Sure. (laughs) I hate you. Uh, Let's move on to Star Wars. Uh... You want to do Star Wars? Or yeah, the internet exploded with this one, I think. You want to go into that one first? Yeah, we probably should. Okay, so uh, a couple big pieces of Kevin Feige news. Uh, the first one, it's Kevin Feige is going to be producing a new Star Wars film uh, for Lucasfilm. Um, so he's crossing over. I mean, obviously, same company, but um, from Marvel Studios to Lucasfilm. And they haven't really said if it, how many films. It looks like it's just one right now. He said he has someone that he's talked to that he he wants to star in the film. There's people like Chris Evans and 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 uh, Brie Larson, Larson who have come out and Michael been, B. Like, Jordan. Yeah, who have all said that they would be in it. And I wouldn't be surprised if you just see a lot of Marvel actors. Right end up being in this movie it'd be amazing um, if like they announced it and then like they have a title change it's like no it's just secret wars <laughs> right yeah it's and then uh Pat, Patton oswalt put out that great thing of being like i'm parks and rec yeah like he's like I, I i caused this or whatever like i'm so sorry or something yeah so the idea is uh, that like all these franchises just collide into one mega yeah, movie right which is essentially kind of what's happening but i, don't I feel think- like it is one step away or at least if they have kevin feige producing and sort of spearheading this star wars movie the format might be similar right where like you're establishing you know multiple films down the line and yeah intersecting storylines and characters i guess that's my question to you of where do you think this is seriously a one-off do you or does it connect to ryan johnson's stuff yeah or or do you think it is something like testing the ground of being like because i i know kathleen kennedy is she just resigned for the next, I think, four years or something like that for yeah. the, being the head of Lucasfilm. So I don't think they're looking to, like, replace her or anything. But it is interesting. Like, they haven't had – they've had other producers step in, whether like Ryan Johnson's producing partner. Um, I forget his name. Yeah, it but he, well. uh, Br- Br- No, Br- Ram something, I think. Anyways, uh, st- like, helped produce Last Jedi, and you have other producers step in, so – is it Kathleen and him producing or is it just him? She'll It'll probably be- oversee everything and like sign off on certain things. Yeah. Maybe they'll – I have a feeling that like Disney's looking at it obviously as a, as a corporation and saying like, okay, well, the Marvel stuff is doing really well. Kevin Feige is 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 the, the, the name behind all of this. Why not, you know, at least see if he can – create something in the star wars canon that could be as accessible and profitable as the marvel stuff right so why not because we we work with i was gonna say we own them anyways (laughs) uh which is kind of true so why not at least explore that possibility it's the same thing with ryan johnson it's the same thing with uh the game of throne guys right Right. they're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks kind yeah. of thing right? which but, I mean, like, could good backfire way. though as yeah. well because look at what dc's been doing and right. you know they're only starting now to kind of pull themselves back together again i mean star wars has stumbled a little bit i don't think the story star wars story movies worked out as well as they wanted them to right, right? But, but now like, they have disney plus and with where, the mandalorian yeah. coming up i mean a lot of people 
are really excited about that and also the Obi-Wan uh, Star Wars story yeah, as well. Yeah, which we're going to get into in a second, but I think that's the perfect place for those movies. But yeah, it's interesting. Like, And it does seem like they're going to team on the movie, so they'll both be producing the film. But um, it's just also interesting getting to a, a spot where a producer is such a well-known name that is like – usually you hear about a director, right, is attached to a movie. and you get, Right. And people, but we were talking about Roger Deakins yeah, earlier, right? right? Like Where like the cinematographer's right. name is – I think is, that's is, a little bit more niche, like nerdy, like for right. film fans like us that go – But I feel Roger his Deakins. name is getting bigger and bigger, or at least you – like. The one cinematographer that, you know, maybe not everybody knows, but at least people with a general knowledge in film, like you mentioned, like, you know, a DP and they'll be like, oh, Roger Deakins. Or yes, something like I, that. I totally agree with that. But I don't think we're like, oh, that guy's producing this movie. I'm very right. excited for that. Like, I don't yeah, think like- I, I mean, I don't think people could pull, you know, like Kevin Feige out of a lineup or something like that. But I mean, at least. I mean, probably a lot of people still think Kevin Feige is like Stan Lee or something right, like that. Right, true. So. But uh, curious to see what he'll do and if it really like makes a difference. I think you'll just see a lot of Marvel actors yeah. show up in the movie, like if anything. Like that's where I think you're going to see that stamp on it. It'll be this weird kind of one like one shot. Of, or maybe it like, won't. Maybe maybe it'll just apply some of the, 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 the formula, and the technique and, yeah. of what a Marvel movie is, but bring in a new cast. Maybe, yeah, they'll have a couple actors oh, that he's worked with before. Person, yeah. but I think like, like, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. shows up at the cantina. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Drinking some uh, blue milk. I would love that. And then you brought up the um, the Mandalorian and, uh, and Obi-Wan. So it found its director... Um, in Deborah Chow, who was actually directing um, some of the Mandalorian, but also from Toronto. Yes, which is really cool. I so. really hope that all of this will be better than the high cost of living. If you remember uh, that Zach Braff movie she directed back in two thousand and ten, right from Montreal, right, which was a night terror. We just won't, yeah, we won't think of anything to do with Zach Braff, <laughs> right. Um, no, but I, I'm super happy for her, and I'm like, I'm I'm actually quite excited for both Mandalorian and o, and Obi Wan. Yeah, and and I kind of like that you know someone from the Mandalorian team is moving over to that as well because originally it was when it was proposed as a, a film, it was Stephen Daldry. Yeah. So um, I just like maybe that there will be some consistency with again style and. Uh, tone so right where mandalorian has multiple directors where this looks like it will just be her yeah right have we heard anything more about the diego luna series see that's the one to me that is kind of like the the, the, the shoulder shrug a little bit where i'm kind of like i don't really care care at this point right you know like we know what happens to that character yeah now if Um, it's a lando show which could happen. Like, there off. are rumors that they will continue that solo franchise on Disney Plus right. in a series, which would make sense to me. Like you set all of that up, I think people would still be curious. Or you take elements from that and incorporate them in in other things. Yeah, well. or if Yoda. Do we need a Yoda series though? Either who knows? I mean, I was always kind of dreaming of uh, Terrence Malick's Yoda movie. But I mean, I would be totally down with that, but we're not ever going to get that no um so those were our pieces of star wars news but uh back on to kevin feige and marvel uh spider-man's back in the mcu he's back (laughs) i think it was only three episodes before like right before tiff when that was announced that that was a big tom holland day because you had the uncharted news you had a new spies in disguise trailer which we just ignored (laughs) 
I do find it funny, though. Yeah, it's like- it is. That twist <laughs> in that first trailer is really funny. He's a pigeon or whatever the hell he is. Um, yeah, so uh, Marvel and Sony closed a deal to do two more films, one solo Spider-Man film, one Spider-Man in the MCU team-up or whatever or cameo or whatever it's en- going to end up being. Um the Spider-Man 3 or whatever we want to call it. Well, it'll uh, have home in the title yeah, probably, right? Um, will come up in 2021, making it the first year where Marvel will have four movies yeah. in one year. And it'll be in the summer movie season around the same time as uh, the Batman movie. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, so, And it looks like John Watts will probably come back to direct it, although I don't think his deal has closed yet. Right. So. And, I mean, before um, Spider-Man came back, there were talks that John Watts was going to maybe direct something else in the Marvel Universe. Where, yeah. So now I think everyone's happy. Everyone wins. It looks like it finally – like I think we were kind of right where it would take 75-25, which is – Well, you were like, the one that it specifically yeah. projected around that uh, Yeah, amount, and I was so. like that – I feel like that's what will get it done and that seems to be what it what got it done. I loved the that Tom Holland posted that clip from – Wolf of Wall Street on Instagram. <laughs> so I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> it's like so. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm very glad that they got it done. And I don't think anyone had really any doubts that it probably was going to happen. Right. But sorry, Venom, back off. <laughs> but that was the interesting comment. Did you? I sent you this comment. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where at the end of Kevin Feige's remarks, uh, he was just like, "Ooh, and Spider-Man also has the unique ability of appearing in multiple cinematic universes." So it the like Spider Verse. It seemed like I hope it's Spider Verse, but now I worry that it'll be in Venom. Venom and, and like Morbius, that. because there was a rumor that came out recently that Tom Holland did shoot a cameo for Venom, but then Disney and Marvel like asked them very nicely to not do that like not put but because that in there. now venom has made over yeah. you know 100 million dollars in the box office it seems like yeah maybe they should now put him in right and i think that was probably venom part of too. the negotiations too right like i feel like they were like hey we'll make a deal with you but you have to let us also use him in our spider-man movies because we want to build out that as well and then disney probably eventually caved but i don't know how you do that without like maybe marvel goes listen we'll give you an out we'll introduce a multiverse we'll give you a slice of that multiverse and you can do whatever you want there that way you can still use that character and yeah it'd be like maybe a different version of the same tom hall and spider-man or maybe he's crossing over and he still remembers everything from the marvel movies but he's in a completely different universe i think that just overcomplicates things or maybe he's he like, in the dust thing and he went to this universe yeah with like Venom. i don't know but um it's gonna be weird if they start introducing him in in the other spider-man stuff but then have to like explain to people being like oh well like this isn't the same version in those other movies, but just trust us right. kind of thing. Like, well, I mean, the one storyline that it might make a little bit of sense in if they were to do from the perspective of the character would be the Craven the Hunter storyline where it's like if it was about Craven specifically, but you had Spider-Man as a supporting character. Because yeah. in one of the comic series from the 90s, it was Craven hunting Spider-Man. Right? Yeah, yeah. Which is basically his MO, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm super happy he's back. I'm curious to see, um, which MCU movie he appears in. Um, 
do you have any like which one do you think would make the most sense? I would love to see him in Thor: Love and Thunder, even though it would make no sense. Right. I but, mean, maybe it would be Captain Marvel too. Right. Just because like you have to think like now they've aligned him with Shield or the remnants of Shield that like right. maybe like it'll have to be something like that. Yeah. Or because it seems like that's what they were teasing in the post credits for Far From Home, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Spoiler. That, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Excited, excited, excited. Uh, Jurassic World news. Uh, we talked about... I, I, did you watch that short yet? No, I haven't. Oh, um, I haven't watched Between Two Ferns yet, either, oh, the God, movie. Yeah, I, I gotta, gotta, gotta watch it. it. It's funny. Um, uh, huge Jurassic World news that came out at like 3 in the morning one night. Um, the original cast is coming back, just like kind of how we... Uh, but sadly, both... Chris Pratt and Bryce Ellis, how we're also still, coming back. Also still in the movie, yeah. Uh, I don't know. A Jurassic Park Generations thing I'm, I'm down for, and um, it's kind of doing that Fast and Furious thing, which Universal is very familiar with, um, but bringing back the OG cast to mix with some of the newer cast, and uh, uh, it seems like they will all – so um, – Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum are all and actually back. use Goldblum. Yes, in, this. in like a significant role because uh, he is in two seconds of Jurassic World two, and it's he's completely wasted. Remember when you saw um, that in Croatia? Oh, there's a story there. <laughs> Nevis laughs in the background. It was yeah. I think I told that story on yeah. this podcast. It was a nightmare. Kids, um, right? <laughs> It was the worst, dude. It was one of the worst movie-going experiences I've ever had. So let's hope uh, the movie and the experience is a little bit better. Does this give you any hope that this movie will be even a sliver, like, okay? Like, I mean, we haven't gotten, like, realistically, I know me and you kind of like The Lost World. um, Yeah. And I kind of like Jurassic World, which I think we had the same conversation last week. But um, Jurassic World is a perfectly fine middle of the road summer blockbuster movie um, in comparison to Fallen Kingdom, which is just (laughs) not good. And then, like, if it was truly bad on the level of, I'd almost wish Fallen Kingdom was as bad as book of henry because at least it would be memorable right where like the only thing that you really take away from fallen kingdom is that spoiler alert (laughs) clones yeah so i'm hoping that the third jurassic world movie will be called the clone wars i don't even think they'll touch on that really do you like the? they might have to i mean like they kind of they set that up at the end of the movie right i mean they they went through their but if you go in a world way to get dinosaurs are like just living in our world now i guess you. yeah like the flintstones like that's kind of where they are now and again like that is the most interesting aspect you know that they want to approach with that but but they set up so much in that last movie that felt like like oh we're we're bringing the idea of like you can you know replicate humans humans and um it just feels like anything is now possible in this science fiction fantasy world yeah but i hope you can strip all that away once the world sort of goes to shit when hopefully dinosaurs are running around yeah and i just want a one-armed samuel jackson yeah i would love that um that would be amazing uh but it also we i think we talked about this when we hypothesized that the og cast would come back of being like it gives you a good reason um 
to bring these characters back, right? Like you don't have to convince them to go to yeah, the island again. Yeah, because that's the one thing like, with all of those sequels. I mean, the sequels themselves, when you try to bring back the original cast members, it's like, how do you... Why the fuck would they go back Yeah, there? I mean, with Lost World, it's like, okay, well, his family is there. So I understand maybe the emotional through line, but it's like, why would Dr. Alan Grant even think about, you know, going to this other island because of a grant, like an actual, like, grant? Yeah. Like, come on. Like, no amount of money is going to get you... To go back to one of to those To look islands. for some fucking rich person's kid. Yeah, <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah, I agree with you. So, and then Actually, they, that was co-written by Alexander Payne, too. Yeah, weird. Uh, directed by um, Joe Johnston. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Director of The Rocketeer and Captain uh, America. Not a good movie, though. But that no. sequence where the dinosaur says Alan on the airplane, great sequence. Yeah. Uh, Alan? <laughs> Um, I mean, it would be amazing if we could get Wayne Knight back as well as yes, Nedry. <laughs> just with like two eye patches or something. Um, Hello, Newman. Or maybe they clone him. Who knows? Uh, why would you want to clone that man? Why wouldn't you want to clone <laughs> yeah. Newman? Uh, On to some uh, Tom Holland news. Uh, will this movie ever get made? Uncharted. Uh, so uh, what's his face from 10 Cloverfield Lane? Um, Dan Trachtenberg. Yeah, Dan Trachtenberg dropped out, which seems like the hundredth director to drop out of the Uncharted movie. Right. Um, Remember when David O. Russell was going to direct yeah, it with Mark Wahlberg, Joe, Joe Pesci. Pesci, and Robert De Niro? <laughs> yeah, that was something. That would have been wild because even the version that they were explaining, I'm like, this is not Uncharted. You're just making a different movie. <laughs> like they were going to make them all family members. Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. it's secretly a Three Kings sequel. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but now Travis Knight is attached. Yes, to the director film. of Bumblebee, um, a producer and studio head of uh, Leica. Yep, director of Kubo and the Two Strings. Yes. Um, this movie moved recently from Columbia, I believe, to PlayStation Studios, which is their new video game arm or video game movie arm of Sony. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I hope this, I, I don't know. Do I hope that this gets made, but, uh, I liked Bumblebee enough and I think Travis Knight is a good director. Yeah. And, Kubo is, is, is excellent. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, Bumblebee is the best Transformers movie. It's the most calm of the, yeah. of, of the series. So it was also interesting because I mean, like more recently he was in the running for Venom too before Andy Serkis, uh, was hired on to direct. So I'm curious to see what he's going to do with his career. Is he going to stick with kind of like franchise titles or is he going to maybe uh, eventually sort of break out and do other stuff that's maybe original content? But right now he seems pretty content to either do sequels or adaptations. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Uncharted is great and I think it could make for a really fun modern Indiana Jones movie, but... Um, I thought you were a big fan of the National Treasure movies. I am a fan of the National Treasure movies, but uh, I mean, no Nick Cage, but I think Tom Holland is just as charismatic as Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, well. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. A young Nathan Drake uh, with Travis Knight directing sounds interesting. I just, I, I, this movie is almost comical because it's like been in and out of production for so long and uh, directors keep getting attached to it and dropping and actors and like, as well and yeah. yeah so i have no idea if it will actually happen and we're not even at a point where we've gotten one great video game movie right so why would we hold out hope like at best this is maybe bumblebee quality which is like in that you know right it was, it was fun 
Yeah, but I mean, I, I again, like I keep saying, you defend this, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider yeah. as uh, Indiana Jones knockoff isn't that yeah. bad, and I am very curious to see what Ben Wheatley is going to do right. with the sequel. Yeah, that is an interesting choice for the yeah. sequel, like an inspired choice. I'd yeah, love. I mean, I am kind of disappointed that he didn't get to make the um, uh, underground crab movie with Alicia Vikander, but this is <laughs> maybe this will maybe, to maybe that. he'll have crabs in this one. I, I don't know. wouldn't be surprised, dude. Um, Jumping off of that uh, into some more Ryan Reynolds stuff uh, and with Knives Out coming out soon, um, the murder mystery is very uh, topical. So we're getting a Clue remake. Uh, it looks like it's going to be directed by Jason Bateman. Who's going to be co-starring uh, as well. Co-starring with Ryan Reynolds. I so. wonder who's going to be in the uh, Tim Curry Butler role. <laughs> Fresh off of uh, his Emmy win for directing as well. So, yeah, Ozark. Uh, yeah. For Ozark, yeah. Um, I wonder uh, – I, I can see Ryan Reynolds as a um, – you know, uh, a Colonel Mustard. Maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say that's, that's the only character I know. Uh, yeah, I'm like <laughs> Professor Plum, Colonel Mustard. I was more of a uh, Guess Who fan. Really, I love Clue. Clue is one of my favorite board games. Yeah. Um, can I name the characters? No, because I my brain is mush right now. I always liked Monopoly. Uh, Nevis, can you name the Clue characters? Professor Plum. Professor Plum Colonel, Colonel Mustard. Mrs. White. Mrs. White. Yes, nice. Uh, Mr. Green. Scarlet. What's Miss Scarlet. Miss, Miss Scarlet and um, uh, Miss Peacock? Miss Peacock, nice, nailed it, Nevis, crushing the Clue game. Uh, what about guess? What about Guess Who? Though? I was Team Guess. I'm with Eric. I'm Team Guess. Uh, yeah. When are we getting a Guess Who? Movie? That would be amazing. It's just two people see- playing Guess Who. That's the whole adaptation. Okay. If you, we should do this on an episode because I have a really great Jenga pitch I want to make for a movie. Right. It's basically Die Hard, but it's just Die Hard. But it's called Jenga, and it's based on the the game Jenga, where a terrorist is blowing up one section of a building at a time. <laughs> you know, like a Jenga, <laughs> when you pull out the pieces until the building inevitably collapses, right? So right. it's basically just a diehard ripoff. But, but in the world of Jenga. But bombs are being set off where they're blowing up strips of this building one section at a time. Right. It almost um, sounds as ridiculous as Battleship. Which, oh, man. When they go in and start playing actual Battleship where they're like B-52 or whatever, uh, which is just a band. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, the B-52s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't even think you can – there is a B-52 on, on uh, Battleship. Maybe Bingo. But, uh, Bingo the movie? Any, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, what would be the most like ridiculous board game adaptation – you could think Remember of. Remember when David Fincher was going to make Monopoly? Was that no, him? that was Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott, sorry. Yeah. yeah. That was weird. Yeah, was I think uh, Kevin Hart is actually. Attached to that now? Yeah, and producing it. Um, right. But yeah, it, like I'm trying to think like what is the most ridiculous. Like, sorry, trouble. Right. Um, well, <sighs> there was that time where board games started getting snatched up for their rights to make into movies, right? But yeah. I, I think my Jenga pitch is great. Someone should do that. It's okay. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, do you, do you remember? The, do you remember that game where it's like uh, it was like a fishing game with the animatronic fish that come out? Sure. And you yeah. Had the re- just make that yeah. into a movie or right. Bassmaster? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, do you care about this Clue movie at all? I think it could um, be fun. I like the uh, original movie. It's kind of a guilty pleasure, and I remember as a kid, um, there was there were four 
I think it was on Netflix four recently. Five there were endings, four, yeah, yeah. endings. And do you think it, they'll do that again? Maybe because what was cool about it when it played theatrically was that you didn't know what ending you didn't know what ending yeah. you were going to get, and each one was different depending on you know what theater you were in. Yeah, I would love to see that concept kind of yeah. come back. I think that would be really, really cool. Um, although, like, I guess it's sort of hard to review in the sense of like if it completely. I don't know how much it changes even in the original. Does it like? Yeah, I mean, it, the, 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 yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Each yeah. ending is is. I guess because it's a different murderer, yeah. right? So, um, I guess you have to review either each version or or whatever. And one. then also like different characters are like Michael McKeon from. Um, uh, better call, call Saul. Saul yeah. uh, in one of the endings, spoiler alert for a yeah. film from the from the nineteen eighties, <laughs> uh, is an FBI agent, right? So okay. like things like that. Yeah, so it would be super fun if they took that approach for and and what studio is it? Uh, well, Paramount was. Yeah, the, I think uh, it was Paramount, yeah. the original studio. Mm-hmm. I think it still might be Paramount, but because uh, they recently did that with a movie, didn't they? That had different endings. Was it? Unfriended or, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, that was, that was uh, Blumhouse. Just two different endings, Yeah, right? so there was one where it was a little bit more optimistic, and then there was one that was really, really dark. I got the extremely dark ending of uh, Dark Web. Oh, this is a Fox Disney movie. Oh, okay. Which is interesting with them having also, like, murder on the Nile, yeah. too, right? Death that's on also, the Nile. Or, uh, yeah, Death on the Nile. Um. um <laughs> But it's also interesting as well that you have the two guys from the Switch, so hopefully they won't be uh, right. peeing into a fountain. I didn't mind the one. Switch. I just can't remember much of it, yeah. other than it's just your classic body switch movie. Yeah, fair. Uh, all right, almost done. Um, Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell has already finished shooting and is set for a December release. Now, do you think he sings the end credit song to Richard Jewell? Oh, God. I hope so. Because the original title was The Ballad of Richard Jewell. And this so maybe has that's been, what the song will be called. Yeah, and this has been kicking around for a while. Like There was a time when Jonah Hill was going to be the lead and DiCaprio was going to take a supporting role as his attorney. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, that guy, like at his age, works very, very quickly. Um, right. I think it's mostly just because he's like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, he's, he's known day. as like the one-take guy, yeah. right? Like, right. And does he do it like... Does he do a bunch of rehearsals or he just kind of like goes, No, he just go goes and just goes. Right. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Most times sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> horrible looking babies that no one double checked and just let him do that. Yep. Um, they were all plastic babies in a American Sniper. God. I always remember how uncomfortable those sex scenes are in The Mule. And my dad texting me the other day just being like, watch The Mule. It's great. When he takes off – like. The guy has two threesomes in the movie. It's yeah. just like, what is it's, going on? It's so uncomfortable, <laughs> and he looks like he's about to die. Um, anyways, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Clint Eastwood hit or miss, obviously. And, um, More so miss in lately, the yeah. twilight of his career. Um, I think the last time I liked one of his movies was Changeling, which was back in 2008. When was Mystic River? 2003. <laughs> I feel like that's the last time that I... When was Million Dollar Baby? 2004. Okay. So we're getting to that er area of like... Yeah. uh, I think his last like truly great movie was Letters from Iwo Jima, which was 2006. Okay. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's crazy how quickly he can make a movie and get it out before the end of the year. Yeah. So... Well, he's um, already working on his next one probably. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. A grand Torino. <laughs> uh, and our final piece of news, um, Apple 
is in the studio business now, and we knew that based on their Apple TV Plus streaming service. But, but what we didn't know was how they were, when and how they were going to distribute their movies. And it seems like they're in a kind of Netflix, kind of Amazon um, sort of style of, of, of release in terms of platform for a couple of weeks, and then it'll be on Apple Plus. Yep. Which Apple nobody is going to buy. So I realized with my new phone that I get a year of it for free. So hey, <laughs> Take advantage of it. Now I'll give some things a shot. I finally watched some trailers for it because I hadn't seen anything. I like I, Nothing really interests me. But Not like, even that Jason a, Momoa show from the creator really of Serenity? S- really slick. Right. But um, I don't know if anything specifically has jumped out of like – I mean we're notoriously awful with like watching – television in general like there are some great filmmakers we love that have made Kerry Fukunaga and 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 Nicholas Winding Refn and we still haven't gotten around to their shows right so I don't know if I'm gonna go out of my way to watch the morning show or uh, uh, C is yeah the Jason Momoa's show I it'd watched, be amazing if it was a prequel to Serenity yeah I watched that movie man um, <laughs> I watched the trailer for the M. Night Shyamalan show too which I'm sort of intrigued by I think but. I'm more interested in the documentaries that they have like they yeah. have um, the elephant Queen, which they picked up at Sundance or the year before. Um, what was the movie that played at TIFF this year? Uh, Hoffa? Hoffa? Uh, I'm looking at Nevis. A documentary? Hoffa? No, no, no. Hoffa? It's not a documentary, no. though. Sorry. Oh, it's not. No. Sorry. My bad. Um, it's about a young girl in, I think, America, but is sort of dealing with kind of a conservative Muslim family. Hala, yes. Hala. Nevis coming in. Hala. Um, okay, cool. Hala. Hala. Um, thank God we have our TIFF expert here. Because yeah. um, I think that's their first narrative that they, that they right. bought. But I think that will be one of these movies. So the, the news being that, yeah, they're going to take that approach of releasing it in theaters for a couple weeks and then putting it on Apple TV+. Plus. So um, it'll be interesting. It looks like they're still going to only do that couple weeks in theaters and then on apple tv plus right after so um probably going to be playing at independent cinemas like Lightbox and other places in the u.s maybe, yeah because places like amc won't and cineplex it won't no. won't take it if it's going to be on street i feel like that's got to change eventually but right um, but then also it's kind of weird where like they're not always completely certain with what they're doing because you look at something like with Amazon, with Honey Boy, right. I think that's going just a traditional theatrical route, or at least they haven't specified that it's a two-week film where right. the Aeronauts is and the report is two weeks. Yeah, it's maybe with movies they just don't see having a longer shelf life. I guess at this at the movies they just right. I don't know. Which is also strange because only a couple of years ago Amazon was releasing everything, everything yeah. theatrically in the traditional route. Um, I mean, even something like Cold War, they released theatrically and... Times are changing, dude. I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, the silver lining for us is that we get to watch the stuff at, like, a great theater like the Lightbox, yeah. right? But but then um, internationally as well, it's strange because Uncut Gems is playing. Is going to be on Netflix. Have we confirmed? Is it Netflix here or I don't, what? I don't I know. Mean, I haven't reached out to anyone to ask. I haven't but, either. But if um, it played at the Lightbox where we saw it, that's... Showing that there's some sort of Netflix kind of, I know it's yeah. Netflix internationally. Yeah, but the way that like Annihilation played yeah. internationally, but Paramount distributed it in North yeah. America. So 
I'm not sure if it's international, but North American rights is A24, so they can yeah. still sell them. But it's right now it says American rights are A24 and international but rights. But I could see Canadian ones. companies, if it is still like going theatrical in North America, like Canadian companies getting cold feet on it just because it is internationally yeah. a, a Netflix film. Right. So, And we've seen that even with something like uh, – what was that – isn't it romantic? Maybe was that the oh, one? Oh yeah, with uh, the the Warner Brothers movie, the Rebel Wilson. Film. Yeah, which yeah. was internationally Netflix. Yeah. So which, but in Canada wasn't right. But then Warner Brothers releases movies in Canada where A twenty four does not. Yes. Um. So that's the the weird part. So maybe we should reach out to someone and ask about. Yeah, that. it would either be. I mean, usually it's either Elevation Pictures yeah. or uh, Mongrel Media, or even and Touchwood sometimes does VVS. The, Touchwood yeah. does the PR for Netflix here, so maybe it's reaching out to them and asking but because um, it wasn't on the list that um touchwood released for their upcoming right releases. so maybe it's not netflix I, I don't know so fascinating but this apple stuff i don't know i just i i am an apple fanboy like i, I do own, you have a new apple phone uh, I, and i have uh, uh, the uh, airpods i have two macbooks one's work uh, apple tv plus is all around nevis is on our mac mini right now so we are like i'm heavily invested but i just can't be bothered with like does disney know about this are you cheating <laughs> you cheating on disney with apple um i cannot be bothered with apple tv plus but like now that it does i do get a year of it for free which i guess is nice to test some of you'll take things, advantage of it then i'll try some of it but i don't know if you're going to convince me to watch a lot of it but it's still with all like i mean we've talked about this on previous shows i mean like the streaming wars are just getting ridiculous now i mean like even uh, um another boutique uh blu-ray label uh kino lorber yeah. is is starting their own streaming service and it's like you have to draw a line and pick and choose unless these things are bundled up you're not going to be able to afford all of these was that a subscription model or were they individual because i thought it might have been more like a itunes or a cineplex store where you're like buying or renting the movies from kino lorber from the i library. thought it was a streaming service. it was streaming yeah. like subscription yeah because yeah, they i mean they do have a decent catalog right um of of older films and and foreign stuff and and like they could compete against criterion in terms of uh you know their what they have but again like you you, you can't have it all you just can't it's impossible yeah and you're, you're seeing it's it's going to be fascinating how everything plays out because it, something we didn't even have on here but stranger things 4 was announced and the duffer brothers signed like a multi-year deal with netflix so you're seeing these streaming companies like go hard at these creators to try and keep them exclusive to their streaming service right like i mean J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot was in the running to be at Disney or even Apple at one point, but they ended up at Warner Brothers, who are launching their HBO Max streaming service. And then um, you got to think some of that will be incorporated there. And then you're seeing, yeah, Benioff and Weiss sign with Netflix, and you're seeing people go to different. And is HBO Max right? still HBO or? What do you mean? Like, is it still under the HBO banner, or is yeah. it something else completely? Because I almost get this feeling that it's called HBO, HBO Max. It's got the logo, and but it just seems like it's something else, though, as well. Like, it's not necessarily going to be the same kind of quality that HBO shows have. Like, it's just like we'll do like what Amazon Prime sometimes did, or what they used to do, where they have like a bunch of pilots, and you can kind of like pick which one is going to go to uh, series. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. It might be time to wrap up. 
I don't know what happened with my voice right there. Um, I have no idea. But uh, I do know it's the HBO branding and that, like, any show is going to be an HBO Max show that's on there. So I have no idea. But it seems like everything that's on HBO Prime or whatever you want to call it will be available on HBO Max. But then you are also already have HBO Go, things like that, too. So Yeah, and there's international really sure. HBO. Uh... Here it's on Crave and stuff, so yeah. I don't know how that's going to work here either. So it's going to be weird, man. We'll see. All right, I think my um, coughing and choking fit at the end is a good sign to wrap this bad boy up as Eric and I are both not feeling super great. We'll let Nevis have her uh, condo back <laughs> as she gives us uh, uh, devil's horns and a thumb up. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. Um, if you guys like this, we do another podcast called The Untitled Movie Reviews where Eric and I are a little bit more professional where we sit down for just a little 20 to 25 minutes and review a new release film, whether it's at a film festival, like all of our TIFF roundups or something that's a new release or something that's on streaming services. So please go subscribe to that channel and you can listen to all of those reviews. Our most recent one being Ad Astra yep. that's up there. And as well as you guys can listen to our 40 minute discussion about Joker, uh, which is released this Friday. Um, so you guys just got to go back a few episodes and you can see that TIFF review there. At a time when Todd Phillips wasn't running his mouth. I mean, he's always been running his mouth, but now more than ever. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck, and you can find more of my work around the interwebs, uh, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow along with all of my uh, shenanigans over on Twitter and Letterboxd and all of those other social media platforms at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on social medias at em6211. And until next time... Which is a couple sick boys. Say bye, Nevis.